Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Callbacks and Paper Jams. I am your host, Thomas Times, and I hope you all are having a wonderful day. I've got two awesome guests with me today, not one, but two awesome guests with us. Everyone say hello to Justin Foster and Jeremy Brooks. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Yeah, how are you? Doing well. Good. Doing well. You know what? Um, ever since that smoke happened, and I've mentioned this a couple times, ever since that smoke happened a couple months back, I never take a blue sky for granted anymore. And just like looking outside and seeing blue skies in California, I think we all know what it's like to not have those. So looking out my window right now and seeing a perfectly blue sky is makes me feel good. So, you know, if the sky is blue, we can be feeling good. So I'm feeling good today. I know that sounds I went cool. out. I went out. No, I went out on a nice walk before this. Well, you got on a Sunday morning, you got up and did a walk. That's dope, man. I did. Yeah. Like, uh, it's not something I would ever do. I, I took a, I took I a slept stroll, in. Took no, me a too. stroll through the neighborhood, took in, took in the nice sun, saw the, saw the family walking their dogs. It was nice. It was God cool. and acting are the only things that will get me out of bed on a Sunday. God for right. church and acting is the only things that will get me out of bed before like 10 o'clock on a Sunday. So I'm proud of you for doing it for a walk though, Justin, you're a better man. Right. You're better. I usually do. I have a dog and then my baby, like I was up at 6am with my girls, but uh, in order to go off and do, you know, the fun stuff that I do, you got to spend time <laughs> with them. So that it keeps the wife happy and <laughs> all Damn that good man. stuff. I feel that. I feel that happy wife, happy life. That's what they say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So let me tell you folks out there a little bit about Justin and Jeremy. Let's start with Justin. Justin is a TV and film and commercial actor. Justin, you may not know this, but he's actually an experienced Shakespearean actor. And that's actually where I met Justin. I think back in 2015, we did Romeo and Juliet together in San Francisco with the African-American Shakespeare Company. Remember that, Justin, all those years ago? Oh, yeah. 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 For Paris, right? Yeah. And you were Mercutio. I I remember I was actually kind of envious of you. Why? For getting, for getting, for getting that role because I wanted that role. Oh yeah, man. I mean, but, I don't blame you. Like that role's dope. That role's was dope. a good but role. Don't no, be yeah. envious of me. Don't ever be envious of me. <laughs> well, you, no, you. That's were, a dope you were, role. But you I were so, dope. You were dope in it, and uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I had this big ass fro. I remember that. That's the one thing I will never forget. From <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> I remember the fro. <laughs> I remember. Um, you know, L, L. Peter Callender over there. Yep, and Sherry Young. Yeah, that was hella fun. Sherry. Have you have you uh, been been in contact with them since? Um, I haven't talked to them a little bit. I actually was going to do a project with Sherry last year, but something ended up falling through. I got to, but we got to hang out a little bit with the project, but um, the project ended up falling through last minute. But it's okay. They're really good people out there. For y'all who don't know, the African American Shakespeare Company in San Francisco, they're dope. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about them later, but they're, they're a really sick company. And also Justin's latest project is actually, he's actually one of the stars of reunited the movie um, I wrote and directed over the pan quarantine pandemic thing. We made a movie together. So um, definitely when that's out, check it out. Justin does a great job. You guys will like him. He brings Jalen to life. Um, and next we've got Jeremy Brooks, Jeremy, um is a new friend of mine he's a cinematographer he's worked with netflix sony apple and disney yes i just did some name dropping right there and currently he's with riot games and he's working um with their voiceover team and their video production team over there so welcome jeremy and justin thank you glad to have you both here today um 
Yeah. Actually, funny enough, it's going to sound weird, but I'm going to say it anyway. You guys are actually my first non-female guests. Oh, really? Oh, I've nice. only had female guests up to this. So I'm, I'm excited to like. I mean, we're, it's because we're pretty, you know, we fit. It's like a good stepping stone, you know? Basically, <laughs> what they're saying is I made them sit in headshots to make sure they fit the criteria. And they yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. I put in the hairdressing today. We're good. Oh, uh, you better, better than me. me. You did better I than hid, me. I hid the little baby fro. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm letting mine just be natural right now. But I did wash my face and brush my teeth. So, I mean, we're here. We're doing yeah. better. We're doing better than some people would. So I'm going to count that as a win. <laughs> so um, let's get into this, guys. So um, one of the things I love asking artists about, especially because we're all going through this together, how has this pandemic affected you both creatively? And I know since, um, Jeremy, your bread and butter is working in the production field. So it's definitely affected you in a different way than it would affect like me and Justin. Yeah. So um, let me start with you, Justin. How has this pandemic and this quarantine affected you as a creative? Mm, yeah, uh, I feel like I've definitely just been able to take the time to, I know we talked a little bit about, uh, before about this, Thomas, um, taking a break, not necessarily taking a break, but just kind of like, I took it as an opportunity to kind of step back. Because, you know, before this, I was I was living in New York. Um, I'm, I'm living at home, back at home now in Sacramento, uh, where I was born. Um, and over there, it's just like, you know, you're constantly go, go, go. Um, and that's kind of just how my work, my work life, my work style, my lifestyle has kind of been for, for a little while. So when this hit, um, I was forced to kind of to, to move back and relocate and uh it was it was tough in the beginning um just waking up every day and not having anything to do at all like not even work not even i don't know i just it kind of forced me to build my my own routine and that's when i kind of started to realize the importance of having a routine even you know even things as simple as getting up every day you First thing you do, all right, what do you do? Brush your teeth. Okay, what do you do after that? And you eat breakfast. You know, having having a routine as an artist, I feel like is is for me at least is kind of uh, vital during this time. Um, if you, especially if you if you want to, if you're somebody that wants to stay creative and stay uh, making things, I think just kind of knowing that. You know, we're living during a time that's unprecedented and it's never happened before. Um, and just having patience, that's another big, big, big thing I had to work on for myself is patience. Yeah, man, I totally feel that. When you mentioned routine, what was your like routine as like a creative? Would you like read a play every day? Would you like write something every day? Would you like practice a monologue every day? What, wh how did your routine work as a creative? Yeah, I, I never really, I never really had one. Um, kind of even before now was always, I don't know, I felt like I was kind of scrambling a little bit, um, which I feel like this, you know, happens from time to time, but I never, yeah, I didn't really, I, I, I always kind of just read whatever came, read whatever play kind of came across my desk or, or I didn't really have like a, a, a thing that I did. So I've, I've, this time has been about, for me kind of like trying to find that thing and try to find those things but i didn't i didn't really i didn't re realize the kind of importance of, of that that's dope man i feel that i totally feel that jeremy what about you because you like come at it in a totally different way than me and justin did like 
me and Justin work other jobs. And then like yeah. the creative thing is like our side hustle basically. But for you, this is your, this is your bread and butter. So like, what's it, how did this like, so like March, 2020, when oh all this, when all this went down, what was that like for you? It was crazy. It was heartbreaking, man. Like, okay. So I, I mean, I used to like, I was a bartender for a long time and I gave that up to pursue this dream. And like, I hadn't even like, I used to fly back and forth to LA for work. And then like people started picking me up more. So I was living out here when the pandemic hit, but uh, it was, it was a, it was a shock to the system, man. Like, um, like I said, I got really lucky with the friends and the, the people that I've met out here. Um, I actually had to switch to post-production uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I lost, you know, four or five major gigs from Coachella. I was shooting something for EDC for Apple within March and April, May, like those three months I was booked out completely and I lost everything. Like, and so I had to like do what I do. And like, you know, I lost motivation. I lost faith. Like, you know, I, I couldn't go back to even bartending. So I had to do what I do. And I, I like hit some people up was like, yo, I have pr- post-production experience. Can you help me out? And I just got really lucky that I got picked up um, as a producer and put on some of these other projects in post-production. So it sounds like you had to like tap into, have you, have you, had you had experience with post-production before this? I had, um, I actually entered the game in post-production. Um, I, as soon as I hopped out of college, uh, I was, um, I interned on, um, at Lucasfilms for a little bit. And then I ended up going to work at MPC, the moving picture company, and they had done the Lion King. So I got experience on that. And I got really lucky because a lot of people don't really get these big gigs right out of the gates. But the company got picked up and I was put on the project uh, and it was really fun. Uh, And, you know, and then I kind of left to another company called The Mill and they started putting me in front, like directing, producing and and being BTS and stuff like that. And so that that kind of took off because that's what I went to college for. And then, yeah, the pandemic brought like, you know, kind of square one um, back, you know, and. It, it was crazy. Like, I, I'm glad I had that experience because I don't know what I would be doing right now, you know? No, I feel like to both of your points, it's really had to make people tap into skills. I don't, that they really left dormant for a long time. Yeah. And, I, and you just kind of had to be like, well, this is all I have. So let me do this. Yeah. And it really kind of, and, and this sucks for a lot of people. And I know this has been a really just kind of a devastating time for a lot of people. But one of the things I've really tried to make myself do is try to find the positives in this. And that's been one of the positive things for me. Like, mm-hmm. and not to say that this has not been an awful time, because it really has. Like, too many lives have been lost. Too much of everything has been lost. And our world will really never be the same after this. But mm-hmm. I do feel like there are some things that happened through this time that I feel like we can, we can build from. Yeah, as a people, I think as a people, like stronger now. Yeah. And I think and so I'm I'm just trying to look for the positives. And like like for me, like me as a writer, I didn't really consider myself a writer until 
this happened. I didn't consider myself like someone that wasn't that could do film, but now I think I like I I'm I'm like a baby in it, but like I think it's something I could do. And yeah. like you, like you're like a hustling with film production. Justin's over here like trying to get um is like really trying to get on his game about like coming up the routine as a creative and he's like gotten some pretty big projects under his belt now through this. Like I feel like we're all like growing and trying to do better in this. And I think honestly that's all you can really ask of people. Yeah. During a time yeah. Well, I mean, like, I definitely had to hustle because I found out that I, I had a baby on the way. Wait, and, during the pandemic, you found out you had a baby on the way? Yeah, I uh, found out mid-pandemic. Like, uh, well, no, I found out in January, but um, it was hard because she, like, being pregnant out here in L.A. and this was, like, the thick of it, uh, she had to go back and live with her mom in, in, in Colorado. And, like, it was crazy. Like, I didn't see her for nine months. Like, she barely, like, they weren't going to let her come back out here. Like, the pandemic was still bad. It was still worse in Colorado. Um, and so, like, I didn't even get to see my baby girl until, like, the day she came here. You know, I didn't get to go to the ultrasound. So, like, I had to hustle. Like, I had to make sure, like, like I'm bringing a child into the world. So, like, I did what I had to do during this pandemic. That's crazy. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, man. Damn, man. So, so she was born in August? She was born in October. Oh, she was she was late. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're she right, was you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. She was she was actually two weeks and two days late. So that was a happy birthday to me because my birthday is in October. So <laughs> yeah, man. Well, congratulations. This pandemic has really changed your life. So it how definitely many kids do you have now. I have two little girls. Little girls. Damn. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy, man. That's dope. Do you feel like? How has, okay, so this is a question I'm not, I didn't think I was going to ask you. How do you think being, do you think being a father affects how you go into, how you enter the space as a creative? Um, a little bit. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit? Because that's something I didn't, I never even thought about. Uh, patience wise. Damn. Um, it, it definitely helps with my patience a little bit, especially with directing and, uh, and like I've done things with kids now and I have a lot more patience for before I didn't have patience, like, you know, um, and, and then, uh, I'm sorry, what was it like, what's the other part of the question? Like, well, it's basically like, how has being a father affected you as a creative? Or uh, it's made me hustle a lot more too. Um, and it, it definitely opens up my curiosity because I see, like, when I play with my girls, like, I try to see the world for like, that the way they see it. And like, especially when I'm on set, I learned that like there's no point in being angry or being grumpy like you meet all these directors and they're like you know kind of they're kind of like assholes and it's like I'm not like that like I've never been that person like you know you can ask Justin like he's known me before and direct like I've never been like that and it I started to get like that and then like having to have the patience for the girls directing them is like directing other people you know they're just older people like and so um as a as a director as a creative I've definitely had to, uh, I, I definitely say that the girls have helped me a lot uh, and, and grow up too, because like, I'd be like immature on set, you know, and be upset. And now I'm just like, you know, it happens, you know, we'll try to fit in the budget, you know, life happens. And like, I know we're working with other people's money, but if you plan it out accordingly, you don't got to worry about it. That's and true. so you just kind of like, look at the world. I look at the world with like a different mentality now especially having having the kids and the girls there because I wouldn't want them to come on set and see like 
daddy yelling and stuff like that. Cause then they'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> and my, my two-year-old Lucy, she'd be like, daddy, don't be mean. Like she'll literally get in there and tell me, don't be mean to people. Yeah, no, kids, kids are rough. They, yeah. I'll tell you like it is. I'm a teacher, dude. Yeah. No, <laughs> Things that they pick up. Yeah. Fun. And things you don't even realize that they're picking up, they do. And things you don't want them to pick up, they do. Yeah. No, yeah. kids are, kids are little sponges and they see and hear everything that you're doing. And you'll start seeing what you're doing in them for the good and for the bad. So I love the fact that you are so cognizant of that, even if they're not there, but you want to be a representation of just positivity as a dad, wherever you go. I think that's dope, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Justin, what's been the thing for you that has like really shaped or like changed who you are as a creative? Cause I feel like for Jeremy, him being a father has done that. What's been that thing for you? Yeah, well, I was actually just, and I, I was actually just gonna ask this to you too, Jeremy, because um, I realized during through, through this pandemic too that yes, like my dream has always been to like work in the film industry, you know, professionally, and and uh, be able to you know fulfill the the passions that I've I've always wanted to do just art, artistically in that media. But I think one of the big things that I that I like realized uh, that's kind of like part of that dream is having a family. Yeah, a family first. Yeah, because that's, I mean, like growing up, you know, my dad was around, you know, our parents may, may or may not have been around. My dad wasn't, he was around for the first seven years of my life, the first few years of, of my little brother's life. And then, you know, after that, um, my parents, you know, got divorced. Um, and he wasn't around much after that, uh, you know, so, and I know there, there are a lot of stories like that, but, um, having that, you know, uh, background coming from that background, uh, definitely, uh, something that I want, you know, I want to be able to build a family and, and be the father that I never had the chance to have. So, so I mean, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that shape? So with that mindset, how does that affect what you want to do in the future as a creative? Cause like, I know that's what you want to do as just like a man and as a father. Yeah. Like, how do you think that's going to affect what you also want to do career wise? Honestly, I'm still kind of figuring that out. Cause that's, that's a big, more of a big, bigger recent discovery that I'm, that I made, but already I feel like um, I'm looking at it more like, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say that, you know, jobs are jobs, but I'm looking at it as a way not to just only provide for my family, but to, to also like, you know, be a part of the work that I've always wanted, wanted to do. So it's kind of like a, I don't know, I like kind of like a dual uh, perspective that I, that I have about it that I'm that I'm kind of developing, if that makes if that makes sense. No, no, I totally get you. I think for me, because I've always wanted that family, I've always wanted to be that like dad. Because like like you said, I never really had that growing up. But um, or you didn't say that, but that's kind of where I'm coming from. So I think the thing that's for me, I've always just wanted to kind of build a legacy, yeah. because I feel like the thing that um that a lot of white people have is they've got these like family names that just like trickle down. No matter what you do, you're always going to have that. I want to yeah. be, I want to be the start of that for my generations, like I going got, after where that yeah. they, 
where that kid, like where like my kids never have to, like, like my kids have so many more opportunities to them and then that their kids will have so many more opportunities and just so forth and so forth. Cause I really just want to create that like generational wealth that I don't think yeah. the black community has. And I want to be able to be the start of that for my family. Like if you look at someone like Beyonce or Jay-Z, they're like blue Ivy's kids are set. Yeah. And if her kids do right, their kids are going to be set. And it's all because of what their parents did. And you can go mm-hmm. beyond that's because of like what, Beyonce's parents did and what Jay-Z's parents did for him. It's just like, and they and they started it. And I want to be able to do that for like the people coming after me. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. What were you gonna say? There's times where like I, I can respect that so much. Like, yeah, I didn't have a father, you know, I was an orphan. So like I had I have to start my own legacy. My own legacy has to be created now. And with the girls it's, and it's hard when you're just the only one. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard, like it's you know, like if I fail, like I, I, I've told, you know, my significant other this when we were like first starting out, like if I fail, there's no one to pick me up, you know, so I have to work hard. And I t- like the girls see everything that I do, um, but I do get conflicted because there's times when I was booming and work, you know, daddy's home once a weekend, you know, and, and that's not fair to them. And then that's not fair to her. And, and, you know, you don't want them, you know, to basically sign on to be unhappy because you're never around so like I guess my advice to the both of you is like I'm not I'm not deep into it but my advice would to be like quantity or quality over quantity you know like now I pick good shoes I know my worth know your worth don't just like let it because it will it is hard you know like traveling to New York like three times a month um you know and like my girl she loves the money you know you know, she, I'm a, I, I'm a, she's a stay at home mom and, and all that. But like, you know, what's, what's all that when, you know, what's the house and what's all this stuff in the family when you're never there. That's true. <laughs> or That's when true, you're there, man. you're tired, you know? So That's like, true. that would be my advice to you would to be like, just like build your legacy now before you have your kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's ideal. That's ideal. You know, like, yeah. and accidentally, you know, accidents happen and things happen. Like I said, I didn't plan for the pandemic. And I didn't plan for that, but you know, I did it and you got to do it. And when you mean it, you've got to go after it and it, it will follow through. It will like the world comes back around. It will see you. Your family will be your number one support. Like she's my number one fan, you know, mm. she don't even like movies, but she'll go watch. She'll go do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to say, Oh yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do that now. Like, Oh, my boy did that. <laughs> right. Damn, now, now I will too. Yeah, now I'm about to drop your name everywhere, dog. <laughs> I'm going to that. AMC when it opens again. Be like, hey, yo, Jeremy Brooks. Yeah, yeah, I know him. It's not that. Yeah, no, my boy's in like, LA right you, now. He's working. It is funny to like see my name in credits. Like, I'll sit to the credits, and the people are like, "That's a weird ass kid who sits to the credits." I'm like, the guy whose name's in the credits. Because like, like, his name's about <laughs> to show up at 98.26 seconds. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that that's always it's always. Let me ask you. Okay, feeling. wait time out what was it like so um i'm justin and i have not had this feeling yet of like i don't know wait let me not assume justin has your name been in credits for a big like uh yeah uh yeah okay yeah. Well, okay yeah. well let me not say okay well let me let me correct myself well, I, the reason why i, I said like that yet. is just because i didn't really like the way that they credited it Credited. Okay, well, okay, hold on. Put, put a pin yeah, in that. Anyway, no, no, we'll yeah. talk about that. No, no, I'm gonna. No, we're gonna talk about that. Don't hold that. Jeremy, what was it like when you saw your like name for the first time on like a big budget thing? Mm, what was that moment like? Well, like 
so the, here's the thing that you don't know is I worked on a lot of television and television doesn't put your name in the credits. They put your company because there's so many yep. people that work on it mm-hmm. for a movie. It was like, or no, or it can be I like- was like cheesing like ear to ear. And like the, I have a film coming out in uh, November and I just received the, I or in, sorry, in February. And I just received the IMDB credit for it. And like, I'm just like, yeah. And it, it got picked up by Sony and it's nominated for best picture and Oscars. And I'm like, oh, it's coming. Like, it's going to be there. It's good. Like, it's, oh, it's you know, so it's like, it, it's a fun experience. And like, you know, no one really cares. Like at the end of the day, like people are like, I'm not going to sit here and watch that. But like, for me, I was like, yo. Like, That's dope. I man. get to go back home and like, you know, get treated like royalty from family and stuff and friends that do know. And then for the people who don't know, it's not for them to know, you know, like a lot of people don't know my legacy and I like it that way. Like I don't um, Mm -hmm. post a lot. I don't post a lot. Like if you know, you know, and uh, it's just like, it's for me, you know, it's not really for the world. It's for me. And now my girls, because like the girls love, you know, I, I love that I've worked for Disney and worked on Disney movies and like, you know, it's like, that's, that's for them. Like, I loved The Lion King as a kid. So being able to like help out with that opportunity was like amazing for me. Cause I get to pass that down to my younger generation, my nieces, my nephews, like to make them proud. Like, like, yo, my uncle did that. You know how, when you're a kid, you had an uncle or something like my uncle did that. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. Justin, what was that experience like for you when like you got to see your name in the credits for the first time? And you don't have to tell cool. the project, just not put anybody on blast. But like what? Nah, yeah, no, there was a cool. story there that you were about to tell. <laughs> no, it was it was cool. It was a it was kind of it was kind of weird because I was like, man, like I feel like I've gotten somewhere. Man, I feel like I made it. But then there's I definitely have not. I'm not. I know for a fact I'm not even close. Like you know where I want to be or where I even see myself. But it was it was a good it was a good feeling to just like. To just, just to see that because it gave me the validation that you know I'm 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 on the I'm on that path I'm I'm kind of I'm getting there I'm getting there so it was it was cool I I I was happy to say well, the least what how did they credit you because you 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 were like oh you want to know kinda... exactly. Wait, no, no, I'm just curious because you you like were like I didn't like how they credited you so clearly. well I, so I like I like the, the that I got, you know, a credit for the movie, uh, but right. it's, 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 so I had a very small part in that movie. Um, and it's the movie that I'm talking about, it's called my culture, um, just came out on Amazon prime, uh, this year. So for those of you who are interested, you know, want to check it out, go ahead and do so, uh, directed by Mario Babano, uh, it took place in Oakland and, um, my scene, I was just shooting dice. Uh, oh, I saw the screen. Uh, ca- I saw the screen captures from that. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 saw. So I didn't see dice, the movie, you know, but I saw the screen captures. It's on my list, though. It's on my list, though. Okay. No. Yeah. When, whenever you get the chance, it's, it's cool. It's um, you know, it's I don't want I don't want to give away too much, but the, the scene, I'm just I'm just shooting dice, um, playing craps, and then and then some dudes come in and jack our game, and then we take off, and then so the credit that I received was light skin dice game night. 
real quick something along the lines of that what what was your name in the script i didn't have a name I'm, oh yeah, I, well that makes sense. No, okay, yeah, I didn't know if you were like sense. I didn't know if you went in there thinking your name was gonna be Tyrone, and then they were like, "Nah, Tyrone don't exist." Like <laughs> they definitely no, no, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> like, I didn't expect that, and I, and I knew like I, going in that you know I, I wasn't anybody that really contributed to the plot line, but uh, I just something <laughs> like maybe like <laughs> dice player, dice player one, right? Dice player two, right? Yeah. Could have omitted the light skin part, but uh, <laughs> I'm so <yeah>. sorry. That's, <laughs> that's so well, it's, stuff. But well, I mean, I've seen it before, so it's not surprising. But one of the funny thing is, they would never refer to like white girl at the mall. They would never do uh -uh. that. No, yeah, no, no, never, crazy. never, never. So, but it's but so funny the stuff uh, that people get away I'm with. Grateful, super grateful that I've been a part of that production and and that team and. And that entire project, because that's a story that definitely doesn't get heard a lot. Yo, you uh, want me to talk to that director for you? <laughs> get him on the phone. Should we, nah, should we call cool. him in right now? Should we call him in right now? <laughs> no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. It's, cool. it's not even him. It's like they pay people to enter that stuff. Yeah. In, so. Yeah. No, I mean, the like directors, that. when you get to a certain yeah. point, the directors only control so much. I think, Jeremy, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm learning that too. Like, you don't, directors don't just get the say for everything that's why when i'm mm -hmm. like running my own stuff now i'm tr I, I try to take control as much as i can because i know soon if i make it to that level where i want to be i only get so much control when it's someone else's money so i mean yeah yeah i just don't want anybody like, i don't know how that look how that's going to look down the road for future castings but it's, you're not complaining you're just saying it i'm happened. not complaining no yeah no, no but also you know what? i'm going to bring up something that actually speaks to the bigger issue that like i feel like like to my point they would never refer to as white girl number six in the mall they would never do that but with you it's okay to say that and it's like socially accepted and like and the thing is none of us were surprised to hear that because i've seen credits like that we're like black guy in the mall mm. why is that i i just want to know like why is that okay well i don't know that that was necessarily uh something that was done on purpose you know my the director uh who's this the person who directed the movie is the same person who wrote the movie is the same per person who essentially produced the movie and he's an he's an oakland native uh but and he's black but i don't i don't know if that was something that he just i don't know like, like you said um you could have paid somebody and they they just like Oh, light skin, you know, whatever, you know, put that, put that in there. And then that thought that was that, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of weird. Uh, I mean, it's not acceptable. Like no, I've never, not. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't know because I would never do that. And if I seen something like that, I bet you need to change that because yeah. that credit yeah. is seen by the world. It's like seen if, by the world. You, that's, and I, that would put me, I'd be like, what the, what? I yeah. wouldn't be the dark guy in the shadows. Like right. I'd be like, what? Yeah, tall, slightly chunky black guy here with long hair, like long curly hair. Like what? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be down for that. Yeah. I mean, that's an excellent choice of adjectives, but not necessary. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. He's very I, smart. I, I teach. But, yeah. Not, not necessary. Just, yeah. I'm more than just. I promise. I'm more than just what you see. <laughs> He's more than a light skinned crap player, people. <laughs> He's more than a light skinned crap. So yeah, that might that might be something I have to 
Well, that is something I do need to go back and kind of um, address. Uh, you know, whether or not it was done on purpose or by accident, uh, it's something that needs to be addressed so that, you know, exactly the rest. You know of the let's get into it. Actually. I think we've all been in experiences where as just like black men, a lots of things that happened to us, especially as creatives, like that weren't necessarily on purpose, but still shouldn't happen. And we've, and we have the choice to either say something or just let it slide. And I think nowadays I'm in a place where like, I don't let stuff slide anymore, especially yeah. because I've had to let stuff slide for so long. And now I'm just like, no, I'm not going to like, I'm, you're going to, you're going to respect me. Yes. And even if I'm and, guilty of that too. Yeah. And even if it means I'm going to demand respect and you might think I'm, you, you might call me quote unquote rude just because I won't let you talk to me a certain types of way or won't let you say certain things to me about me around me or talk to me with a certain way. I'm, I'm sorry, we're just not playing those games anymore. Have you yeah. guys had to experience that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like when I was younger, growing up in this industry or any industry that I've ever worked in, like I kind of let stuff slide, like, you know, or like, I remember I didn't get a job and I was told it's because I didn't have the right look for what they were looking for. Wait, can, we real, like, can, we, can we pause on that real quick? You work behind the scenes, right? Uh, yeah. So what does your look have to do with anything? It, I mean, it's Got just it. like okay. before, I want to say it was definitely before like the BLM movement before the Weinstein, like it was before, it was basically socially acceptable because no one gave an F in Hollywood. And now everybody tries to give an F, but like, they're, they're just <laughs> like, we're not hiring. <laughs> right. I, but, was, um, I always thought the people behind behind the scenes were all white too, honestly. I mean, because they mostly are. Yeah. And, and, and it's because they won't hire people like Jeremy because he doesn't have the right look. It's not like we're not out there trying to get the jobs or just as talented. Yeah. And sometimes even more so talented because to get to wherever level you are being not white, you have to be better. We all know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely have experienced that. And like now I, I don't like, you know, me, you get to know me and I'm a nice guy, but if you slip or you make a mistake like that, like, it's definitely heard of. And I'm not even the one that type to go to like HR or anything like that, even though I should, but like, I'll definitely let you know how I feel. I've come way too far this world, like, you know, in this world to like, let, you know, essentially white people talk to me like that or any type of people. Like if, if you were saying something racist or something dumb, I would definitely say something to you. Yeah. Um, no, I remember. Or, or if I felt like you treated me some differently, you know, like I've, I've definitely been to kids with kids in film schools in the same interview for the same internships and stuff. And they got the job and I didn't. And we're both graduates out of school. We both have no experience. You know, there's our resumes are clean. We work together on some of the same projects. But and yet I didn't get the job. Like, why didn't I get the job? You know, and it's like the world never knows. You'll I will never know why I didn't get the job. But they're going to see me now. They see me now. And they're like, damn, we probably should get that kid a job. Yeah. I remember I was in this one project. Um, I had, I had gotten hired and we were, there was a situation where this lady, she just did not like me. I was directing a project and um, she was a music director. It was a musical. And um, looking at me, you wouldn't think I've got the resume I've got. And let me not say like, it's not huge, but like, I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes mm -hmm. to directing, especially more so for stage. Film is new for me, but stage, I, I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this since I was 10. Like I may, like I've been direct, I was directing church plays when I was like 13. 
Like I've been doing this for a long time. And um, she didn't know me. I, I was, she didn't like know my resume or anything. So she kept questioning things and we were in this meeting and she, um, she basically referred to me as someone who didn't know what they were doing, young and inexperienced. So then I brought that up and I was like, what makes you think I'm inexperienced? I said, yes, I'm young. Thank you very much. But what makes you think I'm inexperienced? Do you know my resume? And she's like, well, and she was like, no, I don't. And I was like, well, then don't call me inexperienced. I said, I've been doing this for almost 15 years. So please don't try to come in here and like, um, and like downplay my experience just because you don't know it. And then she tried to call me aggressive because of that. And I said, okay, now we're going to stop. I said, what we're not going to do is refer to me a six foot two large black man as aggressive when I go to Disneyland more than you do. When right before this meeting, I was teaching seven-year-olds math. What we're not going to do is refer to me as aggressive right now. (laughs) And everyone in the room just stopped and just like looked down. And I was like, okay, we can keep going, but like, don't call me aggressive. And she, she, um, yeah, no, some like five years ago, I don't think I would have done that. But no, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely yeah, I was shy, demanding quiet, respect. It's still hard. Ago. I mean, it's to be honest with you guys, it's still hard for me, man. Like, I don't like confrontation. You know, I, I, I'm, I talk, I, I talk big game, but I, at the end of the day, I, I really don't. You know, I, I, I feel like one of the things I was put here to do is to put a smile on people's faces. So. You know, when someone says something like, yeah, and I, it's still kind of, I'm sure it happens to you guys too. It still happens to me occasionally. Like when I'm at, I'm working at the store that I work at uh, and some ladies like, I'm wearing my name tag. I'm, my, my name tag says Foster on it. It's my last name. She, and she's like, you know, oh, Foster, that's a good last, that's a, that's a good name. You don't see, you don't see many people with that name anymore. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's my name and 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 i happen to tell her that you know it's my last name uh my first name is justin and she's like oh is there is there another justin around here uh, and i'm like yeah actually she's like oh well if you want my if you want my opinion you should you should make it justin f as if to say like foster is not the name for me like foster doesn't suit you being i mean that's kind of how i i took it and, and i i didn't ask for her opinion so for her to kind of just, to just so like things like that, you know, it's it's, Dude, it's that kinda, happens to me all the time. It's hard to just like, and I get a lot of those like kind of backhanded compliments too. Uh, it's it's hard for me to say something. It seems uh, like where people have it's where people give themselves permission to to add their input on your life when they don't know you. Right. Like yeah. you know, you're just trying to do your job, and this woman felt comfortable enough to talk to you and insert her opinion. And let me guess, she was white? She was, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, and (laughs) I don't mean to make it like, I don't mean to say like, of course, you know, but. No, you did mean to say, of course, because it is, of course, because a lot of white women, I'm going to be serious, not all, not all, but a lot of white women and white people in general feel the need and feel comfortable enough to insert their opinions on other people's lives because it's ingrained in them that they know everything because society (laughs) tells them that they know everything so that they feel not, comfortable and not, and i know a lot of white people that don't do that i know some great white people and i know some great white people that go against this and call other white people out from that but the norm and the majority are people that feel comfortable enough to do that to you like that woman in question right yeah, yeah. and it's I've not that i look for you know like oh this this person coming up to me is going to say something you know like I, i'm just going about my day i'm just and it's stuff like that so 
I mean, I've gone into interviews where like people are like, they'll come out and they're like, Jeremy? I'm like, yep. And they're like, oh, you don't look like a Jeremy, you know, <laughs> or like, like my name and my, like I, I like my stage name, I guess. Like I go by Jeremy Wayne. Um, I don't use my last name um, because I don't want my father to get credit for anything. Cause like, if you Google my name and like it shows a little backstory and it like credits him as like, and so we changed my name to Jeremy Wayne for all my stuff. But um, people are like, you don't look, you don't look like a Jeremy. So I went by like Jeremiah for like a really long time. And that's just because people would call me Jeremiah because Jeremy is a white name. Yeah. And Jeremiah is a black name. Or like, you know, it's just like, it was really weird, like a really weird time frame, Like, and I just like, I used to hate getting that. I'm like, well, what do I look like? Like, take one or something you know like it's like what like and like with my resume too you'd be like oh yeah you know and then you like or you hear me on the phone too like I love it my friends always make fun of me like I do my white voice I'm like hello <laughs> hi guys yeah thank you for calling like, oh you have a white voice too you answer the phone so do I oh yeah always and then oh, I like mm-hmm. meet them and they're like you're just, you were so sweet on the phone and they're like you just you weren't what we imagined and I was like yeah you know I get the job but like you know, then they're like, oh, he's not ghetto. Like, he can have the job. <laughs> Yo, I have to do this. I've got my, like, white director voice when I'm with, when I'm in largely white spaces. Eventually, it, eventually it like, fails away. But in the beginning, I'm always like, hey, everybody. <laughs> and I'm then after, after, like, two weeks when I'm tired, I'm just like, hey, what's up? Then I stop caring as much. But, yeah, no, I definitely have my white, like, creative okay. slash phone voice when you don't, when I don't know you. Yeah, yeah, I give it a couple of days, and then the, the for shows and the word and what's up and the jokes come out. out. Yeah, right. oh. <laughs> yeah. Justin, what about you? What what's up? Oh, my white voice. I mean, are are you mixed, <laughs> Justin? I yeah, so I'm mixed. Uh, African American, black, uh, whatever you want, whatever. What, no, I mean, what do you I, refer to yourself as? Black I'm, or African American? I, I say black. There you go. Then you're black. black. You don't have to say black, don't black, let black. No, don't let anyone else's comfortability affect what you refer to yourself as. If you black, you black white, you're black. Yeah, Irish. I got some Irish in there. Um, and then Vietnamese. Um, oh, I'm I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, was, I was 100% on board when you were like black and white. But when you added the Vietnamese, I was like, word? Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm black and Filipino. And people are like, what? I'm like, really? you can see it in my kid. Yeah. Do you have like a more like social justin voice and then like the more like professional approachable voice for justin yeah it's like it starts out like is that hi like hi how's it going you know welcome in i'll, I'll help you here like that that care care but don't really type of <laughs> i love that justin i'm gonna turn the page though a little bit but before i do for everyone out there listening do me a favor Pause this, open your Instagram app, and follow Callbacks and Paper Jams on Instagram. Then when you're done, open Facebook, and then follow Callbacks and Paper Jams on Facebook. We'll wait. Five, (laughs) four, three, two, one. Click, like, and subscribe. I don't know. I don't know if that applies in Facebook and Instagram world, but I'm going to say it because it sounds good. Did you do it? If you did, thank you. If you didn't, please do it and tell your friends to do it as well.
Okay, there we go. Now we're back. Thanks, everybody. So I'm going to turn the page a little bit. One of the things that I'm like kind of inspired to talk about with both of you right now is when we were talking about the like standing up for yourselves, it kind of reminded me of just an important thing to have nowadays as a creative is just your voice. And um, since Justin and I are more like creatives that are more in the front of the camera and Jeremy, you're coming from, you're coming at it with an idea of someone from behind the camera as well. I want to talk a little bit about like, where, do, how does your voice come into play? in what we do and like the importance of it. So um, Jeremy, I'm gonna start with you first. How do you use your voice as a creative with what you do? And your like unique voice, cause no one comes into it the way that Jeremy Brooks comes into things or sorry, yeah. Jeremy Wayne. Or how, <laughs> so how does that like come into play? Um, I use my voice as an artist and as a creative uh, to inspire and to uh, to, to lead, I guess, um, especially behind the camera, because like you said, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Caucasian people out there doing this, um, but to have a different spin, a different take, you know, I may have just as great as an idea as them, maybe even better. Yeah, I use my voice to uh, inspire and to create some of the things that I, I do. And um, I use it to, especially for the younger generation, like, Growing up in a city, you know, that didn't have a film school, that's not known for film, that's not known for anything like that. You have to actually leave to learn this art. But we were doing this art before we went to film school. I was in junior college at Sierra College uh, and just taking basic photography classes. And like, you know, I, I was kind of cheating because I was already a photographer, but like it was easy. And I met other creatives and, um, you know, just to like show them to pave the way for people, I guess would be the way that I use my voice. Um, no, that's dope, man. I love that. Justin, what about you? Um, this is a hard question for me. It um, is. It is a hard question. Yeah. You can but, like uh, talk through it. You can talk through it. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the way that I use my voice, I just starting, like my voice is loud and just naturally like it, it resonates and it's and it's deep so um people like when they hear it you know they you know people are like oh you have a you have a, a deep voice you it's not like you could be like on the, on the radio or, or something or, or or like a newscaster so before i before i ever wanted to be an actor uh i i initially wanted to be a, a news anchor so i was going around telling people that i wanted to be a news anchor and that i wanted to work um for uh, what's Marcus, I wanted Marcus Allen's job. Uh, I <laughs> want to be like, you know, like this is like a popular, not popular, but, but I wanted to be, I wanted my voice to be heard. I wanted to be well known. Um, for what for reason? That. For what reason? Uh, I, I don't know. I, like, did you want to like, did you want to like entertain people? Did you want to well, like? Yeah, he had a very he had like an inter entertaining kind of uh, he had an entertaining way of of delivering the news, and I and I like that, and so that's kind of like where it started for me, um, just being being the face, uh, and then when I was in elementary school, um, I started to look into performing in front of the. Um, people around me through our talent shows. So every year 
there would be a, a talent show and you could choose whether you were going to do your own skit or um, get together with a group of friends and, and do some, do like something. Uh, it could be anything creative, you know, any sort of like one year um, I did, I did a standup routine and I just told knock knock jokes. Uh, and there were super corny, like run of the mill jokes that you could look up How old online. Were you? Like, How old were you? I was, I was in third grade. I'm pretty sure I was in third grade. So I was, I think like nine or like ten. Nine, yeah, nine or ten. And I'm like reading. I'm like not even reading. I'm mem like memorizing like the jokes that I wrote down, and I'm like deadpan just delivering and everybody's like cracking up and at that time i knew like my jokes were crappy and that people were like laughing just because i was up there like as a little kid i had jokes. the same experience justin in middle school i um like i was like these jokes stuck why are you guys all laughing in for my real yo right. we did this thing called open mic night at um at my middle school it used to be called Castro Middle School in San Jose, but now it's called Moreland Middle School. And this, the guy who got me into theater, his name is Mr. Conroy, and he has always been, like, one of my biggest inspirations. But um, he had this, like, stand-up night, basically. And I was not supposed to go out that night, but something happened, like, where someone got sick, and I ended up going out, and, like, I killed it. And I don't think I was good. I think they were just laughing at me because I was a sixth, uh, seventh grader who just happened to be out there telling jokes. And, um, and but they were dying. They were dying, right. And I, it was just, and I remember feeling this. I was like, damn, I got these. That was the first time in my life where I feel like I had the audience in my hand. Like in the palm of your hand. So I felt, so you feel yeah, like. I totally feel that, man. You feel like you got it, but then you feel like you guys are full of shit. Like, you guys are so full of shit. So, <laughs> no, no, that, but that was like, I don't know. That that still kept me wanting to, like, explore it, explore more. That was, those were, that was like the early years of me using my voice to bring laughter to people. And I think, I think that carried on through, throughout my adolescence, early adolescent years, uh, when I started to really, uh, take inspiration from Jim Carrey. He's always been somebody that I, he was the one who really got me started. Uh, honestly, if I'm being honest, like dude, he was the one that- Dude, did it? He's as, awesome. <laughs> dude, as a kid, yeah, he's like, he's just amazing. So- um, His is my jam. Oh my God. But he was, yeah, he was the one who, who like inspired me. Um, and I was somebody that was, I was already somebody that was like, out there like ah like kind of crazy like you ask my friends growing up they know me as like just a social social butterfly always wanted to get to know everybody always wanted to be friends with everybody um so that's that's really where it started for me um kind of came natural just making making my mom laugh making my friends laugh making my family laugh um, just through my antics. So it sounds uh, like you uh, went into it trying to entertain people. And that's yeah. the thing that you want to use your voice for. That's that's where, yeah. yeah but, um, but, but yeah. What was the time where you actively, when you realized how important your voice was? Or like, when was that moment when you realized that I'm bringing something to this that no one else can? Um, I posted a video the other, or like the other day, like a long time ago about like 
um it was just like a bunch of b-roll and i cut it to a bunch of music like if you go on my instagram like that's my jam and that's the stuff that i like doing but it was about being adopted and some girl had hit me up and she had just found out that she was adopted and she was like 28 like she was like we were like this was like two years ago but she didn't know and like we ended up getting to, to talking and like know each other and like talking about our experiences and like just just like that just letting people know uh you know and, and like it inspired her to like you know because like that's like hard news to find out you know that your parents aren't your parents and like or especially that late in the game but like her mom ended up like passing and her mom like told her and like it was just like trying to like inspire and like look at the better view of like things like that and uh I mean that's something that, that like, I guess most recently um mind voice was like heard um and it's inspired me to make a movie about it like it, like I think I think it should be known or like even a small tv show like I think it's something that should be like there's a bunch of artists in the world that you would never know like their backstory and like a lot of these people have done this on their own yeah Justin, what about you? I like, so this is also why I kind of looked to Shakespeare because something that I've always wanted to do with, with Shakespeare is just make it super, just make it really accessible to people. Uh, Cause I feel like that's what a, like a really good Shakespeare production uh, is, is like- Can you when, talk a little bit more about, can you talk a little bit about what you're trying to do with Shakespeare for people? Yeah, yeah. So. So I have this project that I, I started to kind of develop that I'm still, it's rough um, in, in, in the early development stages, but um, I titled it the, the project, I've titled it Project Shakespeare and it's a, a monologue series um, that's designed to kind of reflect the, um, the current times that we're living in. Uh, so I had one that I wanted to have done and recorded that referenced the election, but I wasn't able to, to get it done in time, um, just with all the craziness. Uh, but I, I want to do like, I want to just make it like really accessible, really easy for people to kind of know, like, okay, here's, here's the language. Here's what's being presented to me. Here's what I'm seeing. Uh, and here's what directly what it's relating to. Because uh, I feel like those are the best Shakespeare productions that I've that I've seen, where they just make the language and the actions, the choices all throughout the story are clear, and they're um, referencing like a specific moment in time, whether it's whether it's current state of the economy or or uh, people not getting along between two separate families, mm -hmm. uh, just like stories where that are really easy for us to, to kind of understand already. Yeah, no, that's dope, man. So you feel, so it sounds like what you're saying is you want to, hmm, it's I'm trying to like put this yeah. in like, it's, it's, Say what you're gonna say. Oh no, go ahead. Cause I I can't even like I can't even really. I'm, I'm still not, figuring it out for myself. So, 
I think because a lot of the times I think that's always, especially with like Shakespeare, and I don't know how much experience, if you have any experience with um, Shakespeare, Jeremy, but um, with Shakespeare, the words are so, it's English, but yeah, powerful. And the words are all words we recognize, but the way he spoke and the way he put words together is not how people do that nowadays. So people are able to read it, but they don't get the, they don't understand the weight of it or really understand what he's trying mm-hmm. to say. And it sounds, so to me, it sounds like you want to go out there and really help bring it to people so that they hear the words, but they actually understand it in a way that they would not understand it just like reading it or seeing it presented in the normal way. You want to present it in ways where that people can see it in a in an aspect that they know so well that the words just fit into that. Does that make sense kind of? Yeah, that, yeah. And I wish I could write that in like a mission statement or something, um, but I'm working well, on go it. Go back and listen to this and then <laughs> basically just write down what I just said if you like it. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll give it to I you. I like that. But I mean, it makes sense. And, I, and, and the reason why I, I, I have that, the desire to do that even is just because just from remembering my granny before she passed, before she passed away um, a few years ago, she that was the first play that she saw me in and she was I remember her telling me you know baby I love you did so good she put her hand on my shoulder she's like you did so good what show, I was it? Huh? what show was it uh it was it was like the first show that I ever did it was a, I think it was a Midsummer Night's Dream and I played uh one of the officers so I had like one one line Mm-hmm. And I, I came on, and then that was I, my first Shakespeare play too. <laughs> and I actually, there was one time where I actually missed my entrance, and it was the most embarrassing moment in my life, in my theater, in my life of performing. And I and I vowed to never let that happen ever, ever again. Damn. But um, so my granny, she saw she saw me in the play, and she's like, "Baby, I, I." I love, I love, you did so good, but I didn't understand a word that anybody said. So I guess, I don't know. I don't know if my audience is specifically, you know, grandmas and grandpas, but, but I really want to watch. It's everybody that I want to I think be able to understand. You're like going for the modern day, the modern day Shakespeare, mm-hmm. where you can still have heavy words that make an impact, but it's made for our generation because like me and you, our generation, I read Shakespeare in high school and I probably haven't read Shakespeare since then. Like I was in AP English and we read Shakespeare and all that stuff, Mm. but it's something that's that's really hard to like understand. And like, that's why. And if you can do that in a way for our generation to understand, whether it's through TikTok or through Instagram or I almost said Vine, And if you don't know, if you don't know what Vine is, look it up. I'm just gonna say this. It'll change your life. You'll It'll, be up till four in the morning. There would be no Instagram reels, there would be no TikTok without Vine. Yeah. And Vine was only lit because of black people. I feel <laughs> like it wasn't a, yeah, I feel it like really it wasn't was. around we, for that long though. Yeah, it was around for like a couple years. Yeah. There was a couple things at that time that kind of died out. Do you guys remember Yik Yak? It was totally different. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you guys know. don't remember Yik Yak? It was this app where you could literally just go on there and write the most outlandish things. And based, and it was like geolocation, so you'd only see stuff from your area. But it was completely random. It was kind of like... Um, Kayla, you know what Yik Yak is? 
I I remember it. I never. I don't think I ever used it. Yeah, my producer's like no, and she's like all about these. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't ask know her, ask her how old she is. She doesn't have to admit it to us, but ask her how old she is. Because I'm 29 and I knew she's 30. Okay, so she should know what Yik Yak is. Peter, real quick. <laughs> Peter, we can't see you, but Peter, can you come off mute and say whether or not you know what Yik Yak is? Yeah, I 100% know what Yik Yak is. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you, Peter. So we've got two yes, two no, and Justin, you don't know what Yik Yak is? No, I know what Yik Yak is. Okay, so more people is. know what it is. Okay, cool. Yeah. So right, well, <laughs> it's on your team. Yeah, I know. Your team is slacking, dog. <laughs> But we'll go back to, sorry, that was a complete tangent. We're going to go back to that. <laughs> you were talking about Vine. Let's go back to that. I apologize. Oh, um, I just, I was just saying like, Justin can do his Shakespeare in a modern way for people to understand. It. And like people won't, that'll be the thing. If he can do it so creatively without the world, even knowing what he's doing, it's his own. He just invented right. a style. Like he patented his own style. That's his thing. Um, through words and he's a poet like and, and an actor so he can do it like it would be amazing to see that um, through through apps like that like you know and it, they say our attention span is only so long if I can I, imagine seeing something like that and like think of all the little things that get stuck in our head from these videos like imagine Justin hitting some Shakespeare like that and then I'm just like word that's You're dope. Like, right yeah no that's true, <laughs> so that, true that's what I think he's trying I think that's what he's going for I don't know but like only Justin knows, but that's a lot. No, that no, nah, bro. That's that's if actually that kind of more. That's actually kind of more. I think what I am going for because I do. I, I that was something I was thinking about. Is thinking about our attention spans. Like nobody now is wants to you know sit through. Honestly, nobody wants to um, sit through a two two three minute YouTube video of me doing a Shakespeare monologue. I don't know. I feel like, especially if you, if there's no context, you know, the person's never read the story. Uh, so yeah, already I, I, I thought about it kind of being shorter. So that's, that's something that to I'll, your I'll point also, I feel like people go into Shakespeare already thinking they're not going to understand it. Mm. Yeah. Because it's so elevated because it's always presented in a way that's like, like um, Sir Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen doing it. It's like, it's like high stakes and just like everything's big and bombastic and just so large that people are, I think already go into it with a mindset that cancels it out for them. So I feel like you have to work so much harder to make it palatable because people assume that they're not going to get it already. So you've got to really put it in a way to your point that just brings it down and breaks it down to the most simplistic form while still paying homage to the art. Yeah. exactly yeah yeah it's hard it's hard Shakespeare is no easy feat and I feel like yeah dude I'd love to like talk to you more about that outside of this because I think Shakespeare's dope and there would be nothing none of us would have jobs right now if it was not for Shakespeare so like yeah that's Shakespeare's I, dope that's why I try to tell people man that's why I try to tell people is <laughs> honestly um started that's where it started yeah the theater, the theater. I mean, shake. I mean, theater started way before that, before Shakespeare even got oh, involved. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Of course, of you know what I mean. I, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want people thinking we didn't know that it started way before Shakespeare. We do, we do. We no, do. that was good. <laughs> we, went there, tan- yeah. we went on another tangent, but that's okay. I like tangents. So let's go back to this idea of having a voice. Um, 
Jeremy, what do you think is the thing that you want to really tell with your art? Like, what's the story that you feel like you want to tell? Like, no matter what, no matter what project you're working on, no matter what role you're taking, what is it the thing that you want to say with all of your work? And like, I feel like what you want to say changes as the years go on. And like, as you develop right now, where are you at? What do you want to say with your art right now? I honestly think that my, with me personally, I don't think it changes. I think that my overall goal is uh, to, my overall goal to say would be that, that you can do it. You know, like, don't let no one tell you can do it. I'm a little, I was just a little kid from the hood too. And you don't have to be a rapper, be a ball player. You know, you don't have to be an athlete to be something or to be somewhere or to go go somewhere. Um, my overall, like, voice is to show that, like, if I can do it, you can do it. Uh, and it, and you can do it by yourself and be fine. Everything will be okay, um, if, that, if that makes sense. Like, my goal is to show the world that somebody that came from nothing in this, and then in this industry, you got to know somebody or be somebody to even get anywhere. And I've done both. I've accomplished both without being somebody or knowing anybody, like starting off on my own. And eventually it gets like, yeah, I know somebody who gave me a job and it grows, but to get into this industry, to get on gigs that I've gotten on, I didn't know anybody. I did that on my own. I did that with my voice. I did it because I was hungry, talking, meeting people. That's events, dope, stuff like that. That's dope. I feel like for me, and I think it's interesting that you say it doesn't, that you say it doesn't change for you. I think where I was coming from was more so, I imagine as you get older and as you develop, it probably grows and develops with you, right? Don't you think? Yeah. Because yeah. I can do it. I mean, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, I want to be famous. Yeah. Da, da, da. Now I don't want to be famous. Exactly. So, so, okay. So, in. like, I want, I like the money, but like, uh, I could definitely do without like, like, I like the, like, I have all the power of an actor. I get to go to the mall with my kids and have fun. I get to work on all the same movies, but I don't have people in my face unless I'm at like a premiere or something like that. And that has changed. Cause when I was younger, that's all I ever wanted. I wanted the gold chain and the car and stuff like that. Nope, now I bought the visa. I got a visa. I got the house. Like I got things that are gonna continue through this legacy not things that I'm like, all right, I bought this $10,000 chain and it just sits on my dresser because <laughs> yeah. I'm only wearing it if we're going out, you know? And it's just like, all right, what can I, what else can I do? That's definitely changed. My mentality has definitely changed a little bit because, you know, like now that I'm older, I'm like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Exactly. So don't <laughs> you, so, so I think to your point, it actually does develop and change because if, if yeah. that's where you were, um, if that's where you were on, Sorry, if that's where you were when you were like younger, mm-hmm. imagine where you're at, and this is where you are now. Imagine what you're going to be like in 20 years, how that's going to develop and change. I feel like the root of it always might be the same, but I feel like yeah. it develops and grows as you do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I plan, like, I want to, like, I would like to go back home and build, like, not an art school, but some type of, like, after school program for kids or underprivileged kids or, you know, like, uh, you know, anything like that. And like, that's something that I've started to like, think about as I've gotten older, like, how can I really give back to my community? I give back by like, doing what I do. And, you know, with 
words, but like, how can I really give back? And like, that's something when I was a kid, I was like, never thought of that. I was like, then nobody helped me. I could do this. I don't need no help. I'm not going to give any money back. I'm not going to do anything for the community. The community didn't help me. And that's definitely changed as well. Justin, what about you? Like, what's the thing? Like, where are you at right now? How do you want to, like, what's the, what's the story you're trying to tell with your voice? Yeah, um, in, or what, like, what impact you're trying to have with? Yeah, man. There's lots of want to take this question. Well, I used to want to like, I used to want to like inspire the world. Like, I used to want like, like Denzel Washington, you know, like, yeah, like, just move people. Uh, like Robert De Niro, kind of like, until I realized, you know, I'm not Robert De Niro. I'm not anything like I can, but. I'm Justin Foster. Yeah, I'm Justin Lacey Foster. Um, no, it's, 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 I don't know, man. It's, I, I don't know. It's, it's something that like, I'm telling you like this whole quarantine thing, this whole pandemic is really uh, forced me to kind of just rethink a lot of things. So things that that I thought I wanted or wanted to achieve have have changed. I think for the better, for sure. Um, but I feel I feel myself getting to a place where I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be anybody else other than the best version of myself. And yes. I want to bring that in in my work. I have no respect uh, for that. Yeah, and I want, hard. like, I want, yeah, I want, like, I don't want to be afraid uh, to use my voice anymore. So, I don't know, it's, I don't have, like, a, an answer for you. But you uh, just gave us, like, three. Right? You good, Justin? Yeah, I'm just, it's me trying to establish a direction for myself like a solid direction, not just saying anymore, like, I want to be, you know, I want to be in movies. I want to be in TV. Like, no, like I want to change the world. I want to have a positive impact on the world through my work for the better. And not just because that sounds good, but because that's how I actually feel. And that's how I was brought up and that's how I was raised and kind of, you could bring it back to the point of family, you know, family is everything in, in, in that way. It's just the number one inspiration um, for that. I think for me to that same point, I think as like we both talked about, I think when I was younger, I like, um, I like wanted to be famous. It was this whole idea of just like fame was exciting, but as I get older and, as, and, and I think as you should, and as you mature and grow and such, I feel like that stopped being important. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to like get to a point where like, I'm like recognized for my work. And like, I think we all want to be there. I think we all want that. Yeah. 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 And I like think... not to, and not to say that's not something I like. Cause I mean, that's dope. I feel like that's a cool thing that comes along with it. But one of the things that I think is more important for me, is that I really want to open doors for people that are coming behind me because mm -hmm. to Jeremy's point, no one opened doors for me. And, and not because they didn't want to, I just didn't have options, but I want to make the options for those kids that are growing up in those towns where 
there's not like a booming business where like those options for those kids that they can be like, oh, I want to do this. And I want to create like opportunities for them, for kids that want to act, to want to direct and do that stuff where they just don't have the resources. And I want to create resources for them and just help open doors for other, other black people and other people of color, because we have it so much harder and we have to, our society, especially in terms of like being a creative, we have yet to build in that whole like, system of like taking the next person up with you because we have to worry about ourselves so much Mm -hmm. but i want to get to a place where i can turn my hand and be like come with me yeah that's why i'm so like that's why i'm so that's why a lot of my projects i ensure that like there's a i work with as many as i can um people of color casts and people of color like creative teams behind the cameras and stuff like that because we have less opportunities so i always try to provide opportunities for people that's really just what I want to do. I feel like, I mean, yeah, that's that's so true. Like I, we as, as as black men in in general, we have a responsibility, you know, and, and especially black women too. Like we have a responsibility to this to the world, like to show them what we can do. But we need to like turn around and we're so quick to like, I feel like rub it in the white man's face that we forget about our own, you know, like we forget like what it what it is and like I I um it gets hard because like, I remember like as a, as a young, you know, African-American male, I was bullied by like, I was bullied by other black men. Like, Oh, you're not, you're your uncle Tom and all that. And like, so I was like very resentful, like of just being black sometimes. Like I was like, like, why, you know, why would I help somebody that did that? But like somebody has to break the mold somewhere. And I feel like a creative like me, I can do that because you know, like, I used to not shoot rap videos because they were all the same, but like somebody has an, somebody has a voice like that and it needs to get out there. Like, who am I to tell them that it's not good? I'm not that that's not me. You know, like we got to pick everybody up along the way. Yo, that's dope, man. I used to get the same thing. Like, Oh, you're not black enough. All yeah. that stuff just because I, because I talked a certain types of way. Like I remember I'd be with my cousins and stuff and granted I was raised in a more, in more so in white culture than they were just because of where I lived and where I went to school. Yeah. yeah. But I used to get that same thing all the time. And like, it wasn't until like five years ago where people really started calling that out. Like those, it, and it wasn't, it was because like, I just was, I just had a different walk and talk to me. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm less, it doesn't mean I'm smarter than you. It doesn't mean I'm less of a black male than you. It just means I'm, I'm just different. And yeah. we try to quantify blackness so much and i don't necessarily know if it was our fault it's because i think it i don't think it's our fault oh no it's definitely not i think think it was instilled upon us like exactly exactly i should be i should talk proper i should talk a certain way or i'm not going to make it in this world that was definitely instilled upon me but but let me even go even further i don't even think it's the fault of the people that were saying we're not black enough because in their minds they wanted us to act a certain way because that's how they felt black people had to act yeah because well, even, all that they've seen. I feel like even with our culture too, though, like my, you know, my granny is like, you know, they, or my auntie, you know, there, there'll be times where they, you know, they laugh at you a little bit because it's like, it's outside of the culture. Like, it's however, it's outside of the norm. So it's like, you know, they laugh at you too, but in a loving way, mm-hmm. but, but you're still, we're still black. We can't change that word. There's nothing that, that changes that. So yeah. And I'm, and I'm proud. We're proud, you know? Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah. 
Because I always think too, like if I wasn't black, I wouldn't be the same. Like if I wasn't, if I was white and I was me, I wouldn't be as cool as I am. Like people, you love me, you love my culture, but you love it because I'm black. Because if I was white, I wouldn't get away with that shit or I would get away with too much. If I was white, I'd be famous by now. (laughs) No, there was a, there was a time where there was a moment where I was, I was saying my name over and over again because it sounded weird. Like when I was kind of struggling with how do I identify, how do I identify, how do do I call myself black or do I not? And there was a moment where I was just saying my name like over and over again. I don't know if you guys, if that's ever happened, but you've done that, but you're just like, I mean, my name is Thomas. I doesn't, but I'm just, no, because I mean, like, my name's Jeremy. I totally I went feel with you. Jeremiah for a Justin bit, so Foster, Justin Foster, like I couldn't, it was. Yeah, Thomas so, Thomas sounds like a white guy. Yeah, it sounds like a white, like a white person. So, so put, I've had to put my own thing on, like Justin, Justin Foster. <laughs> add some swag Not like to that, the end. but. Add some swag to the end. Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay. Oh my God. I'm going to transition to our last part of the day. Um, and it's going to be a hot seat question. And how this is going to work, because there's two of you, I'm basically going to ask the one question you both have to answer it, okay? And how this is works, it like who answers it first or like? I'll, it doesn't matter. Whoever oh, okay. first, we're going to hopefully you guys can figure it out. I think you guys can. <laughs> um, and only thing is, you got to be quick. So think of the first thing that comes to your mind and you got to be honest. So don't lie. And I promise I'm not going to ask you anything that's going to embarrass you. But you have to answer it, okay? That's the only rule. Uh, okay. Got to okay. answer. What if, what if it, it doesn't matter? If, never mind. Let's, let's go. You got. I I, I think I you guys. It. You'll be able to answer. I promise. Okay. okay. First question. Favorite TV show right now. Family Guy. The, the <laughs> Family Guy's awesome. Okay. Um, dream collaboration. So Jeremy, like, who would you want to work with? And then Justin, who would you want to work with? Dream collaboration. Denzel Washington. Jordan Peele. Hands down. Good answers. Okay. Your black card is revoked if you haven't seen Jeremy. Baby boy. Friday. Damn. Which Friday? Boys in the hood. (laughs) Next Friday. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. I'll know I made it when. My name's on a billboard. Dope. Directed by when I can pay off all of my college debt in one payment. Damn. That's fire. That's fire. That's, fire. That's a good one. That's a, those are both great answers. Best, I should have said that. My answer's terrible. <laughs> no, it's not. No, that's dope. That would, that would have been my answer, Jeremy, so don't feel bad. Best piece of advice I've ever been given was... You never know somebody until you live with them. Um, that's real. Be yourself. <laughs> those are both Live real. your life. Live your life. Live your life. Oh, you guys know that song? <laughs> yeah. I love that song. Um, okay. Favorite quarantine pastime. So what's your favorite thing to do when you have nothing to do during quarantine? Uh, Jeremy, Fly my drone. You? Oh. Uh, drone? Nope. Uh, yeah. Um, my Instagram, man. Check it on my drone work. No, I got to. We're about yeah, to he's drop got some, Oh, bro. He's, he's check his stuff out. Oh yeah. Oh no, we're gonna do that in a minute. Some, Don't worry. Don't worry. Some high quality shoes. Uh, uh, watch movies. Nice. Or be in them. Or be in them. Um, who's your biggest inspiration, Justin? And you can say me, Justin. It's okay. Uh, I was <laughs> gonna say you, but then I thought of oh, my mom. That's right. My mother is my biggest. 
So it's your mom and then me? Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Justin. I appreciate it. I can't, can't leave you out. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. Jeremy, what about you? Um, Inspiration? Probably you can say like, me as well. <laughs> I'll know you like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Will Smith and then um, Stephen Avery, like, were big inspirations to me as a kid. Um, I love the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I thought it was amazing. And then, like, Justin definitely really inspired me because I didn't move to LA right away, but Justin like gave up everything and moved to New York. And I was just like, I'm gonna finish grad school before I do something like that. So definitely Justin Foster. Nah, hey, well, no, <laughs> no, no, really, yeah, I really am. I was so scared. Right I was so scared to like move, just like drop everything and move. And I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna go to grad school first. And then like five years later, I was like, okay, I'm gonna move to LA. Fuck it. What always gets my creative side pumped is a walk in the park. Honestly, that- honestly. Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> Which is your favorite one? Which is your favorite one? Oh my god. I think Fast and the Furious or Too Fast, Too Furious with Tyrese is so funny. This is a great movie. I don't care what that's a good says. that's a that good, good I think my favorite one is um seven for obvious reasons. Like I feel like that was Well yeah. I mean seven may, I've never cried during a movie before. And that, that was the movie, that was the first time I ever God. cried in a movie. That I didn't even cry during the Titanic most people did titanic was uh, really sorry titanic did not make me cry i laugh every single time when that boat is just vertical and people are just it just looks so outlandish yeah. when that boat is just completely vertical and people are just falling off i laugh i'm so sorry please don't judge oh, me oh do you remember I, the dude who hit the like propeller yep i, I was like that probably happened scene. in real life <laughs> only scene that gets me at the end of that because it's <laughs> so much is that scene where the lady is um oh there's two it's where the old couple is holding each other at the bottom of the boat mm-hmm. and then when that mom is reading to her kids yeah yeah that was like a practical effect dude they didn't even like he really fell off and like did that yeah yeah that movie is wild. it was like a foam uh it was like a foam thing and he they were like all right fall off and he hit it and they're like we're gonna use that take (laughs) we're gonna use that crazy (laughs) actually i lied another scene in there that's beautiful at the end is when the captain's standing at the wheel Mm -hmm. and the ocean and the water just overtakes him that part's beautiful too but other than that honestly honestly i make fun of her all the time I'll be like to my coworker. I'll be like, "Come back, Jack! Come back!" And there was enough room for him. She was yeah. selfish. There was wanted to. Room. He wanted to live her life. She just there wanted that. She just wanted that boat loving and was like, "Nah, dog, we 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 done." She wanted that boat loving and didn't anymore. <laughs> she wasn't ready for a long term commitment, so she let him go. I can't talk. I can't talk bad too much about this movie because my mom loves this movie. No, it's still a fantastic movie, but doesn't mean oh, yeah. he couldn't yeah. fit on that board. It's so fantastic. They had to put it on two VHS tapes. Yo, for, those, for you people for out those there, those of you kids who don't know what a VHS tape is, they one, had to make two. two. There was there was a box set with two VHSs for people out there that were too young for this. Yeah, and you had to t- it like would be like a to be continued or something in the middle, and then you'd have to take it out and put in the other one. It was real back then. We had to. Yeah. Struggle. You guys, do you guys still own any VHS? Tapes? I do. I have a lot of them. My Disney collections on Me VHS. Too. I have, but I don't have a VHS player, so I don't know what I'm doing yeah. in my life. I just keep them. I've got, Rug, I've got the first Rugrats movie on VHS, and I'm never gonna get rid of it. I got Pokemon 2000 with the gold coin still in the and the still in it, and and uh and Space Jam came with like, oh, a that, gold coin. That's Space worth Jam something. A fire movie. I want to do an episode dedicated to Space Jam. I don't know how, but I'm going to. <laughs> okay, I've got one last question for you guys. You'd be surprised to know this about me, but. 
It's the last question, so make it good. Uh, oh, that I tagged two kids? Well, not, I mean, they wouldn't be surprised. I mean, not, they would now, but I mean, like, the world, like, I'll just let you guys in on a huge secret. Like, Justin, did you know, Justin didn't even know I had kids. I mean, I, he knew I, knew I had a had, baby. I knew you had, uh, on Thursday, on you told I us you had, had kids. another one, bro. Wait, that's not. <laughs> what the hell? Wait. I didn't want to act too surprised, because I don't want to be like. Wait, didn't on Thursday, you told us you had a kid? When we met on I Thursday? just, I told you, yeah, I just had the baby, but I have a two-year-old. Yeah, man. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I, I. Okay, that's fair. I'll take that, bro. Um, no, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess another one would be that um, I love Star Wars and I have a lightsaber collection, like real lightsabers, like, and me and my kids fight with them. That's dope. Like, and not LARPing, but like I Star Wars like lightweight. That's dope, man. <laughs> that's dope. I, I, I've mastered all the forms. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> I don't know how all of them. Most I don't of them. even know the forms. Justin, get out of here. Justin, no, don't don't admit that. Don't admit that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'll take it. I almost left the chat. Yeah, for real. I would almost tick you off of this podcast. <laughs> Keep going, Justin. What's something we'd be surprised to know about you besides that you don't know about the forms of lightsaber? Um, something that I'm, that's most surprising, right? Or something people would be surprised to know about you? To, 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 uh, I think that I was sick, like deathly ill. Yeah, like I was on life support, you know. Damn, man, but you're here. But I'm here, yeah. That That's gonna be a dope chapter in your book and to see where you're at now, man. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much. This was a great, I had a great time asking you guys questions. I also had a great time talking to you. It's almost been two hours and the time has kind of just flown by. We've talked about a lot. And um so thank you both so much. We had a great time. I, as usual, I learned so much and like, I'm feeling inspired to keep going after this conversation. Um, Jeremy and Justin, where can people learn more about you? Follow you? See, catch up with your work. Where can they follow you at? I have a website, uh, justinlfoster.com, where you can keep up with my most recent works, uh, including what we talked about earlier, uh, Reunited, uh, directed and written and produced by uh, Thomas Times. Uh, the man himself yeah thanks man and jeremy what about you where can people catch up with you uh mostly uh for the most part instagram um and that's at jerbear underscore 2009 and then i do have a website um and and that's it's usually more up to date than my instagram with a lot of work samples um but that's uh jerbearfilms.com and um you can see pretty much everything that I've worked on um, unless it's in the works. So like you'll see the project name and it'll say coming soon, but then you, you know, it gives glimpses away, but uh, for legal matters for now, like a lot of my newer stuff isn't up yeah. there just yeah. yet. And awesome. and for those, and not for, for, for those of you that like are like love film, like definitely check it, check him out. Awesome. Awesome. I'm definitely going to check it out right now. Thank you both so much. I had a great time with you both. Um, and I hope the audience did as well. Before they head out, what's the thing you want to leave our audiences with? Um, I guess just to keep following your dream, you know, like don't let nobody tell you you're not getting up for Hollywood because like it's it's a brutal world. It's definitely a white man's game. And like if you're especially if you're ethnic now more than ever, you have more of a chance to get in and do something positive. Than any other time in this in this planet, and and they're definitely eating that stuff up. Like I'm pitching a movie and, and, and a TV show, and like they're just 
all about it, you know, um, and it sucks that it took riots and all this stuff to do all this, but now more than ever, you need to have let your voice be heard because my kids may never know what a voice like this or Justin's or yours, Thomas' voice is like if we continue to like hide back in the shadows because we're timid. That's real, man. Justin, what about you? What's the thing you want to leave people with? Uh, be patient if you're, especially if you're an artist, be patient with yourself. Uh, any kind of artist, really. Um, and don't be afraid to be yourself, I would say, also, because um, you're enough. Awesome. I think the, the, both of you guys are dropping knowledge for people. I appreciate you both. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Callbacks and Paper Jams. I'm Thomas. This is Jeremy and Justin. Hope you all had a great time. Have a wonderful day, folks.